question real quick. All the men in the room, y'all the first to officially find out about this, but how many of y'all went to the men's retreat last year? Well, mark your calendars, March 3rd and 4th. We finalizing the dates. We find, finalizing the price and everything, but March 3rd and 4th, it'll be at Lion King again. If you went to Banner Brothers, Pastor Ron Johnson, the host pastor of Banner Brothers, will be here that weekend with us. So March 3rd and 4th, guys, mark your calendar. It's going to be incredible. Do not miss it. We had a blast last time. Be even more fun next time. I'll probably beat Don Trow and Horseshoes again. He ain't told you all about that. I double ringer him, huh? He ain't told you all about that. I, I got to keep you humble, bro. You dominate around this place. Somebody got to, you know. Well, I'm I'm excited that look I'm 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 not I'm not good at much in sports. So when I double ringer somebody in horseshoes, I gotta tell everybody about it. But clink clink, I'm out. I'm good. I want. I'm done. I'm excited because I'm not preaching this morning, and I love when I don't preach because that means God's got a word from somebody else. Pretty sure y'all know this guy, a little bit anyway. Um, this is that awkward moment when the preacher's playing piano and doesn't know. <laughs> How to stop playing piano to come it's preach? Because like the most awkward transition is like, do I stop? Do I keep playing? <laughs> would you like to switch? Is that what you like me to come? Huh? Okay. <laughs> it's up to you. You're the preacher. Y'all give it up for Nick, Pastor Nick. Give a little effect to the, the message. Yeah, we can. I think it'd be great. Who wants him to play the whole time? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It'll only be about an hour. No, I'm just kidding. Not even that. So, how's everybody doing? It's been a while since I've been up here. Got to knock the dust off, but it's going to be good. And I hope that everybody is enjoying this series as much as I am and that everybody is able to implement and reset some stuff in their lives. Like, and if that has happened in your life, if you've been resetting different things in your life, give me a hand raise. Give me a hand raise. Good deal. So some of the things you may be resetting, you may be resetting your prayer life, you may be resetting your devotion. But just a little recap about the series for those of you who haven't been with us. So the first message we did in this series was, was that I had to respect, reset my perspective. And what Pastor Chris uh, preached on was that when I reset my perspective, that Jesus becomes my priority. He becomes my goal, and he becomes the reward of my life. And the next message that was last week was resetting my habits, right? We learned about that, that prayer was one of the habits that we had to reset. And habits are extremely important. You got to understand that habits are extremely important because they are literally the building blocks of your entire lifestyle, okay? And a lot of times, the habits that people implement in their lives are either the making or the breaking of their lives. And some of you may notice, and some of you probably don't, but for those of you who've been with us for a while, uh, you know that probably about four years ago, I looked a lot different than I look now. And uh, Angel, if you have that, if you have that picture for me, <laughs> yep, yep. So that's uh, this is this is <laughs> this is what Daniel Patson calls Plumpy Nick. Okay, <laughs> Plumpy Nick. And uh, I told him I'd give him a shout out for that. But this is me back in about 2019. Okay, and I was 192 pounds. Uh, and for my frame, for my body. That is very overweight, okay? And, man, I can tell you, 
uh, how I felt during that time, how I looked down that, uh, during that time, what my self-esteem was during that time was very low. You know what I'm saying? I was really at a point where I was really self-conscious about uh, who I was, where I was at in life. And I was even more frustrated at the fact that uh, I kept having to buy bigger clothes. And I was like, man, I finally got to the point where I was like, this has got to stop somehow. I said, I am not buying any more clothes because this is spent, this, I'm, this is, I'm getting bigger and bigger, and this is costing me more and more money, okay? So the habits that led there, you have to understand, there were habits that led to me looking like this, that are habits that were, became a lifestyle to me. And one of those was that I made poor food choices. A lot of times, man, when we're eating, I made poor food choices. I was eating, I was making good money at the time, so I was eating out pretty much every day. So the pounds are packing on. I had no exercise. I was sitting at a desk all day, was not in the gym, was not running, was not walking, was not doing anything. So the pounds kept packing on. And plus, I had a poor uh, sleep schedule. And if you know anything about your sleep schedule, your sleep uh, does very much for your body. Your sleep is what resets your hormones. And a lot of times, if you're not getting enough sleep, your body will actually hold on to fat because of the hormones not being able to reset. So those three habits were in effect in my life, and because of that, I became something I didn't want to be. And I had to make this decision in my life that, that I saw my state that I was in. I saw the habits that led there, but I knew that what it was going to take was more than just breaking those habits. My whole lifestyle had to change. My whole lifestyle of, of the way I lived, and if I wanted this way to be gone, I knew that I had been doing this for so long that I, my lifestyle needed to change. And I finally got to the point where I was so tired of the way I felt. I was so tired of the way I looked. And because I, I can tell you guys, like I literally, you know, I, was, I used to love being active. And I still love being active. But it, it got to the point where I would, I would run. And I had so much weight on me that my joints began to hurt. And it hurt to run. So the very things I loved to do, I could no longer do because I was too heavy. So to go from 192 pounds at that time to 145, around 145, which I am now, I needed something more than just a breaking of a habit. I needed something more than just implementing a new habit. I needed my whole lifestyle to change, right? And that's what, tonight, that's what today's message is. is the, the next message in this series is that I have to reset my lifestyle. So we reset our perspective. We reset our habits. And now I have to reset my lifestyle. And why that principle is so important is because the disconnect between who God has called you to be and who you are right now is what you do after this point. The way you live after this message, the way you live after this day is the disconnect between you becoming who God has called you to be and just being the same person that you are right now, right? And if that fundamental aspect does not change, then we don't walk in the fullness of what God has called us to. Understand that. And the definition of a lifestyle is simple. It's the way in which someone lives. That is the style of life. It's the way in which someone lives. And the same held true for Elijah. You know, if in the same scripture of this message, we're, we're out of 2 Kings 6, and it's when the, the Syrian army is, is coming against Elijah, and they want to kill him. And his servant goes out, and they sees the whole army, okay? And they're like, man, he's, got the, he's gripped with fear. And he's like, Elijah, what are we going to do? And Elijah says, don't fear. And he prays the Lord will open his eyes, and he sees when the servant opens, like when the, his eyes are opened, he sees chariots of fire. He sees the army of God all around him. And he knows that they are protected. But the disconnect is we see this, this awesome man of God that Elisha is in 2 Kings 6, but we don't see what it took for him to get there. And that's what we're going to see. That's what we're going to look at today 
is that in 1 Kings 19, this is what it says. This is, this is how Elisha came to be a prophet. So verse 19, he says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, this is Elijah, to Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said, Go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elijah turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment. This is very, very important. He boiled their flesh. He kills the oxen. He uses the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So we see here that Elijah anoints Elisha as a prophet. And what is Elisha's first response? What does he do right after Elijah throws his mantle on him? The very first thing that he does is he immediately destroys his old way of life. You understand, this is just a normal guy. Elijah is just like you and me. He's out there. He's plowing. He's on his yoke of oxen. Elijah comes and throws his mantle. And all of a sudden, once that happens, he destroys everything that he was just doing. He literally destroys it to the point where he can't even go back. He kills the oxen, he burns the, he burns the, the wood up, and he gives everything that he just had to all the people. Then he follows Elijah. And that one instance, this one encounter, so marks Elisha that he's willing to give up everything that he's ever known, everything that was familiar to him and chooses to embark on this new way of life, just full of faith and expectancy in what God has for him. And how many times has that happened to us, right? We have this amazing encounter with Jesus. We get so radically changed. We get so marked by that experience. And we get so full of faith. And we're ready to embark on this journey, full of faith and expectancy on what God has for us in our life. We have this awesome experience, and we're ready for what God has for us. But slowly but surely, the things of life start to creep in, right? We're living this life of faith, and all of a sudden the busyness comes in. And you get busier. And busier, especially in this, especially in the holidays. I don't know about you, but I was very busy during the holidays, like to the point where I was getting worn out that I was so busy. And that's what happens. We get busier and busier, and we have to give our time to more and more people. And what happens is that begins to drain us and drain us and drain us until there is absolutely nothing left. And we get to a place where we're just so worn out and discombobulated from life, just living life, now that we don't know what to do. And we don't know where to go, right? And the reason we get off kilter in these times and in our lives get out of whack is because we lose focus of the reason why we're here. We lose focus of the reason that he saved us in the first place, and that reason is to do his will. That's the reason he saved us. That's the reason why we're even here is to do his will. And being human, we can pretty much make a habit out of anything. Understand that. You can make a habit out of anything. We're creatures of habit. And the moment we lose our focus is the moment that we'll let unhealthy habits into our lives. And we'll eventually, you got to understand something about habits is, is the longer that a habit is in your life, it's no longer just a habit, it's a lifestyle. So when we let these unhealthy habits into our lives, they take root in our lives and they become part of our lifestyle and we'll start to, to let our habits dictate our lifestyle and let of our, instead of our lifestyle dictating our habits. We'll let worry and doubt ruin our lives. 
We'll let fear keep us back from what God is calling us to do. And we'll let sin keep us from walking in obedience to what God says. And before you know it, you'll be living a life that is totally opposite of what you know that you need to do deep on the inside. Know this, the correct model for our lives is that our lifestyle should dictate our habits, not our habits towards our lifestyle. And the best comparison I can give you is that when I was that big, I knew that a diet wasn't going to change the way I looked. And I'm just going to be honest that people go on diets and they do it for particular reasons and it may be to lose weight, but what happens is that a diet is only for a particular time. A diet is not sustainable. You can look up any research on this. A diet is not sustainable. I knew that I had to have a lifestyle of healthy living, that the very, the, very, uh, the very catalyst for what I wanted to be was that I had to make a lifestyle change of the way I ate, and that I knew I couldn't go back to it. And it wasn't until I made that lifestyle change that things started to happen. Because what happens is when things become a lifestyle, the lifestyle will filter out your habits. Like, for instance, like, I'm a Christian. My lifestyle is that of a Christian. Therefore, sin can't be in my life. I'm a Christian. Christian is my lifestyle. That prayer has to be part of my life. It's automatically the filter of what needs to be and what doesn't need to be in my life. So remember that, that, that your lifestyle is literally the filter, and it should be the filter of everything you do in this life. And let me tell you this, that, that metairie is waiting for you to reset your lifestyle. Your family is waiting for you, for you to reset your lifestyle. Your friends are waiting for you to reset your lifestyle because it's your lifestyle that they're going to see more than your words. It's more than your words because I'm going to be honest. People can care less what your words mean, what your words say, if your lifestyle doesn't coincide with it. Because your lifestyle is what valo- validates what your, what your words say. Your lifestyle is what validates what your words say. It would be as if I had somebody who was 400 pounds come in, right? They've never been to the gym a day in their life, and they try to give me gym advice and, and how to lose weight, but yet their life is totally different from what they're saying. They, that's, that's discredited to me. It's invalid to me. But yet we get offended when we tell people about Jesus, and they start condemning us. And they're like, man, I'm just getting persecuted. I'm just getting rejected. Persecution is only persecution, and rejection is only rejection if you're actually doing what God is saying, telling you to do. People get offended by people lashing out at them when in reality they're not doing what God is telling them to do. And that's what we have to get to because we're nothing more than a hypocrite if our lifestyle doesn't coincide with the words that we're speaking. And what happens is you're actually doing more harm than good when you're trying to preach a gospel that you're not even living. <laughs> and it discredits, the, it's just, it discredits the gospel. It discredits what God, what God wants to do in other people's lives because you're telling me that God can free me. You're telling me that God has a plan for my life. You're telling me that there is freedom in the blood of Jesus, but yet I don't see it in your life. We need to reset our lifestyles. That has to be a reset because we can get to a point where as a Christian, you're living a life that you're not called to live. You can get so caught up in the busyness of what you're doing that you lose track and you lose sight of the very reason that God saved you. Nobody gets saved just on accident. God has a purpose for everybody that gets saved. He has a purpose for everybody on the face of the earth, whether they come to him or not, is, is their choice, is their decision. 
but, but he has a plan for his people. So how do I reset my lifestyle? Very simple. I just look at Jesus. I just look at Jesus. Hebrews 12 says this, verses 1 and 2. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Pastor Chris just preached this. He just spoke this um, uh, and taught on it during our, our prayer meeting Thursday, and which really was confirmation because we had already had the scripture. But um, he goes on to say that he's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What you have to understand is that in the ancient Greek, when it says looking unto Jesus, the writer is using a verb here that implies a definite looking away from other things and a present looking unto Jesus. It was a dual meaning. So not only do I have to look at Jesus, I look away from everything else. And I'm centered on him. And I believe we often overcomplicate what God has already simplified. Physically, you have to understand something that we are wired physically in terms of response. That when we look at something, that our eyes see it first, then our head goes towards that direction, and then your body goes into that direction. If you remember, I can only imagine with Moses... When you see Moses with the, with the burning bush, he's just walking, just minding his business, and he sees this bush burning. He's like, you know, i got to go check this out. You know, and that's what, that's what the response was. He saw this fire burning. His eye, it caught his attention. His head turned, and then his body moved, and it's, spiritually it's the same way, right? We see Jesus. He captivates us. We want to be like him, and then our lives change. So it's looking unto Jesus that is going to reset my lifestyle. And it's that simple. Everything I need to know about how my life should look and what should and shouldn't be in it can be found by simply looking at his life and con uh, conforming to it. Because when I, res I reset my perspective, I'm bringing this back to the, the beginning of what we talked about. When I reset my perspective, he becomes my priority, right? We just said that. He becomes my goal. He becomes my reward. But when I reset my lifestyle, he becomes the standard of how I live. That's it. If Jesus isn't your standard of how you live, you're not living for him. You're not living for him. And that's what has to happen. But guess what? You may be thinking, man, my life's a wreck right now. My life is an utter wreck, and I'm dealing with so much. When I was 192 pounds, I talked about the weight I carried. I carried so much weight. And I can't help but think, when I looked at that picture, if you can put that picture back up for me, I couldn't think, when I'm looking at this, how much weight other people are carrying that they don't need to be caring. You know, I was telling Eric Post about this the other day. When we're talking about the, the weight, he says lay aside every weight. Why did he say lay aside every weight? Because we can. Because we don't have to carry it. We're carrying things that Jesus already carried 2,000 years ago on the cross. He already carried the weight of the project that you're working on at work. He already carried the weight of that financial burden that's on your life right now. He already carried, he's already carrying the weight of the ministry decisions that Pastor Chris has to make. And he's already carrying the weight of the building. All Pastor Chris has to do is trust God and obey his voice. 
Jesus is already carrying the weight of it to where he doesn't have to feel it. His, his only responsibility is the responsibility of leading the church. Jesus died, and he carried your weight to where you wouldn't have to carry that anymore. And what happens is we get so, uh, we almost put like this ownership, I have to carry my weight. I have to carry this weight. And we'll even say, man, this is just my cross to bear, which is totally unbiblical. I want to tell you that right now. People say, man, it's just my cross I have to bear. That's not even what that meant. Jesus, Jesus when he said that he, this is my cross to bear, that cross was an instrument of death. He's talking about dying to yourself. I die daily. That's what Paul said. Jesus carried your weight. And he says, lay aside every sin. You know, we have so many people uh, in, in the church today that want to debate what is sin and what is not sin. But I believe that 95% of those debates can be uh, settled by just looking at Jesus. Right? And I may step on some toes. But if y'all bear with me, freedom comes from it, okay? And I have to. But we can debate, all right, whether cigarettes are sin, whether weed is sin. But if I just look at Jesus, did he do it? That's what it boils down to. The, the fact of something being in my life or not being in my life, all I simply have to do is humble myself and open that word and say, Jesus, I just want to be like you. And I look at his life and I say, you know what? He's not doing that. So I don't have to do that. And, and, and you know what? I see, I see Jesus praying and, and I see Jesus worshiping. So I am going to do that. And that's the standard of my life now. And it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. And some people, I'm going to say, some, somebody needs this today. Don't worry about what other people are saying. If you are following the Lord and trying to be like him, then don't try to please everybody else. The Bible says you can't please God and please man at the same time. You don't have to give your yes to everybody. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. If I'm going to be who God has called me to be, then I automatically have to say no to everybody else. And I'm going to tell you, you don't even have to be where everybody wants you to be. I know that we do a lot of parties here. We love each other. We're family and all that kind of stuff. But do not get offended if you invite me to something and I don't come. Because guess what? I'm not called to be everywhere. I have to protect my lifestyle. I have to protect my rest. I have to protect who God has called me to be. Because the problem is if I get strung out in all these different areas, I'll get worn out to the point where I'll become something I was never intended to be. You do not have to be anything but what God calls you to be. Elijah didn't worry about being anything but what God had called him to be. He saw something different. When Elijah put his mantle on him, he said, there's something different here. He saw Elijah's lifestyle, and he wanted it. And that's what happens to us. We replicate a lot of what we see. And if you would look at Jesus, you'd begin to replicate his life. So I would ask you this. And I'm gonna just, actually, I'm going to end with this. First John 2, 6. NLT, it says, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. That is resetting my lifestyle. I have to live as Jesus lived if I want to be a Christian. And does that mean living perfect? No, it doesn't mean. But it means that every day I'm doing my best to live how he lived. Live how he lived. And I want to ask you this. If you are in this place, and I'm wrapping up. It was a quick message. If, I'm, if, if you are in this place and you are carrying weight, if you are even carrying sin 
if you know that your life is not where it's supposed to be and you need a reset in your life, then make today the day. Because what happened was when I, when I was feeling like that, I finally got to the point where I said enough is enough. And I knew if I waited any longer, it wasn't going to happen. Because a lot of times what the devil would like to do to you is make you procrastinate to the point where you just give up and you just don't do it anymore. You have to make the decision today to say, you know what? I want to be the man. I want to be the woman that God is calling me to be. I want to live like Jesus. I want to reset my lifestyle because I don't want to be burdened by the things I'm burdened with. I think it's so sweet that when, I, when I'm in this state, and you may have to do this multiple times throughout your life. This is what I'm saying. Every time you get to this point, all I have to do is look at Jesus, and I'll be different. Give me most beautiful. Sorry, I should have had that before. So if that's you, if you know what, the Holy Spirit's dealing with you. I need to reset my lifestyle. I want you to come stand up here with me. And what we're doing is, by saying that, when I'm coming up here, I'm, I'm coming before the Lord, and I'm saying, you know what, Lord, my life isn't what it needs to be. And I'm dedicating my life to you from this point on. That I'm going to live how you want me to live. And I'm going to be who you want me to be. And it doesn't matter what anybody else wants me to be. And I can promise you that what happens when you do that, when you live that life that God wants you to live, kingdom living produces kingdom manifestations. The things that Elisha did were a direct result of him living for the Lord. You think about Mark 16, it says that it says that those who believe in my name, Jesus speaking, it says they are going to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. It says that these signs will follow. I'm not even going to have to pursue them. As I follow Jesus, they follow me. Because miracles follow Jesus everywhere he went. So like I said, if that's you, and you can say, I need a lifestyle reset. And I want today to be the day. I'm tired of living this life. I'm tired of being burdened. I'm tired of being addicted. I'm tired of being uh, just mentally tormented. I'm deciding to put my eyes on Jesus. Come up here with me. And I'm going to ask this too. If you've never had a point in your life where your life was different and it was because of Jesus, then make today that day. 